Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 177, recorded on January 22nd, 2021, where John and Jason talk about some of their experiences at work with Power BI lately. Good day, Jason. Welcome back. Thank you, my friend. It was nice to kind of take a week off. Yeah, well. I mean, we really didn't take a week off, but we just didn't record the show yeah, last week. Instead, we went on Reed Haven's consulting live stream on Friday, which was a lot of fun to chat up with Reed. Yeah. He's a neat guy, and that was just a very enjoyable conversation. If you missed that, go out and on YouTube, Haven's consulting I think is what it's called. Yep. We'll, have to, we'll throw a link in the show notes. That's right. But yeah, it was a good conversation with him. We've had him on our show before, and he reached out to us. He's just really getting this whole thing started where he's starting to get more people on on a regular basis just to have a chat every couple weeks that he's doing, which is nice. It's good to be able to hear from folks, real-world type of stuff, which is kind of leading into what we're going to do today. But before we do that, how's the weather up there these days, John? It's actually been a pretty mild winter so far because we haven't talked about the weather for all. Yeah, it's been quite a while. <laughs> it's been a pretty mild, although it's it's uh, it's turned cold today. So I think we're finally going to get into some uh, permanently below freezing, you know, not permanently, but several weeks of that in a row. But you know, I'm going through my wood supply. So you know, I was out, I was out piling wood, uh, wood this morning before we got on the shows. Well, there you go. <laughs> It's what you do when you burn wood. Yeah, we're having a traditional uh, Texas January here. It was uh, in the 50s yesterday. It's going to be in the 70s today. Oh, man. Yeah, and and nice and clear. So, you know, it's uh, it's been uh, normal, honestly. We've had a little bit more rain than usual down here, but uh, I will say the the world seems a little brighter at the moment than it has (laughs) in a bit. There's been less vitriol out in the world, I think. no. Talk about turning down the temperature. My my social media feed is kind of a lot more pleasant. Uh, It's quieter. It's uh, nice. It's kind of nice. I'm enjoying this, you know, brief period of time. Yeah, I mean, it really depends upon what you're listening to. And I think uh, for me, the folks that I listen to, and I did that whole fun experiment. There was a a conversation on Facebook. It was must have been like six months ago of go and see how many Trump and how many Biden, like, people liked each of the pages. And mine, like, was almost exactly 50-50. It was really? off by one, one way or the other, like, 72-73. Uh-huh. So I have a fairly balanced yeah, well, I, you know, yeah, I would you know, world when it comes to the, the social media sphere. So I kind of hear lots yeah. you know, of different perspectives. And on both sides of it, if you are completely batshit crazy i tend to just mute you for 30 days <laughs> but I, I don't like block people but every once in a while like i have a cousin she's never gonna listen to the show she is so far crazy lady on the left and oh, we yeah. have some very good friends of ours who are very crazy guy on the right yeah. every once in a while they get muted for 30 days but right now i think every, all the mutes are off oh wow it's been little bits of spikiness each direction but The one thing I think that everybody will agree with, whether you're on the left or on the right, is that Amanda Corman rocked the inauguration. (laughs) Best thing about the inauguration, the Young Poet Laureate was freaking amazing. That was pretty nice. Absolutely spectacular. I made my kids sit down. I was like, this is going to blow your minds. And at one point, she 
sort of quotes Hamilton and my younger son sits there. My, my older son sits up and looks over at my younger son and smiles and goes, did you catch it? It was awesome. Like they were into it and paying attention. Nice. If you avoided politics altogether and you, on the inauguration day and like you had your head in the sand, completely support that. You no no issue. But you have to go find a recording of this young woman. Her poetry was on point. It was spectacular. She was the highlight for me of the whole inauguration. She was just spectacular. So oh, yeah. do yourself a favor, no matter where in the world you are, you can appreciate, if you can appreciate poetry in the English language, she was amazing. And her story three years ago, she had a speech impediment that she could not have delivered that poem herself. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like she's just, it's a really cool story to go and read a little bit about her. She's 22 years old. Highly encourage you to go out and find some information about her. She is a wonderful story and a wonderful poet. Just really, really cool. So I'm not going to go political on any of this. We we try to, you know, keep it not that way on this show. Oh, yeah. But I will say she was absolutely amazing. I can't say enough good things about her. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I, I actually saw it. So and I thought the same thing. And I'm Canadian. So there you go. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, I think uh, universally, she just was just did a great job. So awesome. Um, and uh, if anybody saw Lady Gaga, I have to say this. And my mother agrees with me on this. Lady Gaga's dress looked like she was an upside down rose. <laughs> I didn't see that. It was so poofy and red. Like, it was just really kind of fun. And she was so different from all of the other outfits that were out there. It was just, it, it was kind of fun. And uh, yeah, anyway, I thought it was amusing. And uh, my mother and I uh, had, had a good laugh about the fact that that was what it was. It was just kind of cool. Anyway, <laughs> folks, there is nothing in the news about Absol- Power BI this week. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we've covered off the news of the month in so like one of the first shows. It has been very quiet. A little quieter than I would expect, I think. I'm a little bit concerned, John. We may have to deploy some emotional support Canadians to Redmond and make sure everybody's okay. Oh, no, no. Well, yeah. You, you, first of all, it's going to be a problem getting there. Then I'm going to have to take a bunch of tests. And I, Can we do it virtually? <laughs> yeah, I think maybe. We, we may have to take a temperature, but I'm sure that everything's fine. I'm just having a little bit of fun with it. <laughs> emotional support Canadians comment keeps coming up to me by a lot of people so i just i like throwing it out there it was a lot of fun <laughs> that's okay Any, anything i can do to help man anything i'm I gonna get to you help. a shirt for him for conferences that says i am your emotional support canadian <laughs> i'll wear it yes <laughs> so in lieu of actual news we decided that we're gonna do something a little bit different we, John and I have both been working lately. Somewhat. That's a new thing, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but there's some things that have been happening in the world that I've been noticing in the world of Power BI, and I, I wanted to talk about them. And, John, you came up with some problem-solving stuff that yeah. uh, we've done in the past that we, we thought would be worthy of sharing. So it's going to be a little bit different than normal, folks. So hold on to your chairs or your uh, steering wheel if you're driving. Please make sure you're watching the road. <laughs> We're going to dive right into that right after this word from our sponsors. This episode of the Bifocal Podcast is sponsored by Tigraph, the award-winning reporting and analytics platform for Office 365. Get the full picture of your Office 365 network by using Tigraph. See how customers leverage its actionable insights to better understand their organization's usage, collaboration, and adoption patterns. Try Tigraph today. Sign up for a free trial at tigraph.com. 
You know, John, the one thing we did not do before we started the show is decide who was going first. Oh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Maybe more current. I mean, you've been noticing a couple of things in the survey, and particularly because we've been, you know, it's, it's important to me, it's important to you, all the, the, the new premium per user license. And we've gotten to that the first part of that stage where when you signed up, you get, uh, you got like, a, I think it was a 60 day eval. Yep. But it was promised that it would roll over. I, it's rolled over for me. And in fact, the little message that shows up in the upper part of the portal has gone away that, that says trial. It's just there. I'm, I'm using my premium per user, but you're getting some different experience. Maybe, maybe we should go over a little bit of that in case anybody else sees it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's start by saying for me, premium per user is a, good success story. Oh, like, yeah. We're finding very positive things with premium per user. So I have no negativity about it. The thing I will I will say is you have to remember that this is a preview. For sure. Right? We are still in a preview period. Number one, you're not paying for this. Yep. Number two, it's preview. They have not said, they, they've said, we're still fixing things. We're still working on this. So, and number three, have a little bit of patience because of those previous two things, right? So with PPU, the licensing, internally at my company, I signed up one way because Chris Finland needed a tester. I was uh, available at the time. And so I signed up the way that he had me sign up, which was through the in-product trial. Right. Uh, so I signed up that way. I have rolled over, had no issue. Mine's you know, actually doesn't show up the same way that my other tenants show up where it might say premium per user account. They actually still show a timer where it's like the trial. And at least as of yesterday, maybe different today. I haven't looked. I'm not on my work machine right now, but the trial just, it just rolled over. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to say, try and sign up again nothing like that. Right. A colleague of mine had a different experience. His expired and he couldn't figure out how to renew it. And this, I ended up emailing Chris and saying, hey, what's going on? And he said, if you signed up through the Office 365 admin center, excuse me, Microsoft 365 admin center mechanism, it's going to have to be extended by the tenant admin. And you can only do that for 30 days unless you raise a case with Microsoft. Well, what, there's, there's apparently another mechanism, if pushed, that could be done. Okay. However... I went back to him. I said, what if we just removed th that license? Would it show up in, right. in tenant, in product mechanism? I said, well, yeah, you could, you could do that. So if you run into that situation, you can, instead of asking your admin to extend, you can ask your admin to remove and then go in through the Power BI in product mechanism and raise it that way. And then you'll be in that extension. Are you going to face the same stuff in another 60 days from now? Probably. You'll have that same in-product yeah, renewal yeah, situation. That's right, yeah. So that's just the, how that works, right? So you can continue to extend in the in-product situation. Uh, at least that was, that was uh, the email conversation I had with Mr. Finland. And I know come April, we hopefully are going to be seeing something different. You know, at the end of the first quarter, we, we kind of expect that to start to switch around. You know, we now know that Microsoft Ignite is going to be at the beginning of March. So uh, timings are starting to look a little bit firmer, right? And would not surprise me at all if we had announcements coming at Ignite and then GA coming in April. That's just, you know, how I would expect the world to work. You know, as we've seen it done in the past. But so, yeah, if you run into that situation, that is how you can work around it. 
I ran into another problem. Mm-hmm. Came in Tuesday morning, had a workspace in PPU. The same colleague is trying to publish into that workspace. And he's like, well, my PPU trial is not working. So how do we do this? And we're like, well, let's take a look. And is there a reason why we have to be in PPU? No, it doesn't. The the thing that we were doing at the time required nothing with premium, which I was a little bit surprised because we were doing direct query over a Power BI data set. The new, uh, you know, it, that's not the official name. It has the analysis services, Azure analysis services in there. But we were just trying to do it with Power BI data sets and doing the extension therein. But that doesn't require premium, which I had forgotten. Honestly, I'm still dumbfounded that that is a pro feature. You pick me on teams. Does it really not require premium? No. It's working. Wow. Is that right? <laughs> that doesn't seem right. It feels like that should be premium. Like it was, a, it was, a, a, did it, am I holding it wrong? <laughs> you know, did, I, did I break something and now I could do something? No, it really, that's a pro feature. Anyway, we're trying to, to deploy into this workspace and went, you know what? There's nothing here. There's a paginated report, but we don't care about that paginated report. We actually had removed the assets that it was connected to. Let's just flip it out of PPU. So I went to go do that, and it errored on me. It would not drop out of PPU. Like, mm, okay, well, maybe I have a premium workspace. Let me flip it in a premium workspace. It would not flip. Okay, maybe I need to delete the pag- the orphaned paginated report. I can't imagine that'd be holding the world up, but maybe. So I went and deleted it, tried it again, still failed. Tried to, to flip it into premium again. Still failed. Went, you know what? Let's just use a different workspace because we have another one that was going to be client-facing, but they're not coming into the tenant. So we're just going to use that one for this publication. Let's not try this any longer. It's a preview feature. Put it down, walked away. Came back yesterday, went and said, I'm curious. Maybe there was just a timing thing. Went in, said flip out of PPU back to standard workspace. No problem. Happened Almost instantly. Hmm. Moral of this story, if you run into problems, patience. If that would have failed after 48 hours, because that's a full, you know, I expect some stuff to be a 24-hour marker, like maybe there's something there, but I'm always impatient, so I go in and it's like 23 hours and 59 minutes, so I tried to wait a full 48 hours, and everything worked. I don't know if there was a hanky thing happening in the service, if I was on some weirdness going on, if there was actually a problem. I have no idea. But I remember the fact that this is a preview feature and that I'm going to say something. Hey, by the way, did you know? I might say it on a podcast, but you know, (laughs) this is one of those things that you expect to run into little hanky things in a preview. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And my last one that I ran into is actually a co- another colleague of mine ran into this, trying to refresh a data flow. I think it was yesterday. And he sat there and normally this thing refreshes in well under 30 seconds. You know, sometimes it's like nine seconds, sometimes it's 25 seconds, depending upon the amount of data he was flowing into the thing and what changes he was making. And this thing was taken like 10, over 10 minutes. And he was, he was looking at it like, that's really strange. So he went away for a little bit, came back, went back to the history. It actually showed up 26 seconds hmm. for that exact run. And I said to him, I was like, I'm glad to see that it really ran in 26 seconds. That's weird that maybe we should say something to somebody that there's something there. But then I started thinking, John, do you remember doing uh, service pack upgrades on Windows and SharePoint and all sorts of things, truncating databases and seeing 103%, 120%, 98%, 
104%. Like, have you ever found these percentage and timer things to be exactly correct when you see them on a screen? No. Now, in the logs, when you go back, usually it's right. When you go back to the log later and look at the actual log file, it actually gave you the correct information. But the stuff that it was displaying on screen, I have not found. And I've certainly have found this to be the case in Flow. Yeah. You know, when you're doing a flow in Power Automate, I found that to, to be the case as well, where it's like timings are, you know, look yeah, like they're a little much longer. And yeah. so, again, a little bit of patience, but definitely something I, I need to go say something about. And I'm going to send some emails and whatnot. But it's just little oddities and interesting things that I've been running into. But in almost every situation, a little bit of patience. By the way, not putting something that is production in a preview feature that's works almost every time that's probably a good good approach as much as we'd like to as much fun as it may be yeah you can't count on stuff that's (laughs) you just can't that's kind of the whole point isn't it yeah are you drowning in spreadsheets are you gasping for a better reporting solution let marquee insights throw you a lifeline They can help you chart a course to success with Power BI, then get underway quickly with one of their quick start solutions while learning the ropes from their experienced staff. If you're ready for reporting bliss, go to MarkeeInsights.com and click the Get Started button and learn how they can help you make better, faster decisions with smarter data. Those are some of the fun things I've been running into, and they're all, you know, solvable, relatively reasonable things. We, we pull a little bit of hair out at the time, but looking back on it, man, I wasted about 20 minutes on the first two items, you know, that really wasn't that bad in the grand scheme of things. If you spend more time than that on a preview mm-hmm. and you're not doing it for I want to debug this and I want to send it off and I want to make, you know, let the product team know I did this to be helpful. If you're just a general user who's trying to get something done, put it down, come back a little bit later, try it again. Oftentimes you'll find success in that way. So cool. I got a question for you. I mean, something we deal with often, especially with our large customers, is is massive data models or massive amounts of data to work with. Mm-hmm. And is this something you bump into a lot? Or are you pretty much dealing with smaller data sets most of the time? So I'll say it's a 70% smaller, 30% larger type of world. I have some things that take about an hour to get an egress of data. Yeah. <laughs> and then the ingress of it into the data model takes quite a while as well. Yeah. But I'm dealing with some some of these as extracts as opposed to a DQ type of a thing. Right. Where, you know, it takes, I've got a 500 meg CSV that I play with on a, a weekly basis that okay. changes every week. So that one's uh, not massive, but... For a CSV, that's pretty darn yeah. massive. Are you bumping into, you got any data models that are dictating that you go premium right now? You got anything over one gig at the moment that you're playing with? Not that I'm playing with on a daily basis. Yeah. We have a couple of things that are where I, I advise some of the teams that work on some of those things. Yeah. In my innovation role as well. So yes, we do have some that are that way. Yeah. we working with our product. We've got... Now we bump into situations where they could easily, we've got some that balloon up way, well, well over 10, et cetera. And I think there's an awful lot of times where you can not get that big, or maybe you don't need to, or maybe you're hanging on to data you don't need, et cetera. And it might be worth, you know, talking about some approaches to deal with, you know, massive amounts of data. So 
Uh, bottom line is, you know, we've got customers that don't necessarily want to go premium and they want to, you know, we want them to use the product. So we've had to get a little bit innovative on, you know, how we approach that. And there's a lot of things that you can do to bring the size of your data model down. And that's going to have benefits from a reload time, obviously, mm-hmm. from a license standpoint. Everything's going to be a little bit faster, but you're going to trade something off somewhere along the way, right? Yeah. There's a few things. I mean, I suppose the easiest thing to do is don't load as much data. I mean, put a filter <laughs> on your query to start with. Maybe don't, yep. you know, you might be pulling in 20 years of data and the only thing you ever care about is the last two. So maybe you don't pull all that data in. Maybe you only work on those first two years. I think that's probably the first rule that you'd want to look at. Makes sense? Absolutely. I On a regular basis, that's part of why my models are a little bit smaller is because I say, What's archival? What do you not need to actually work with? What's the thing you have to lay your hands on right now? Yeah. I mean, another thing you could do, too, is break up into multiple uh, data sets, right? You can have a data set for every year, Mm -hmm. but once you do that, of course, within one of those reports, you can't analyze year over year. So you're going to lose that capability. However, I mean, we've got now in preview, so don't use it in production, but now we've got that new capability to, it's, uh, <laughs> I can never remember the official name. Direct query of over Azure Analysis Services it. and Power BI data sets. Data sets, yeah, that's right. So if you had taken that approach in the past, you can now layer on top of that a report that connects to all of those different data sets. And now you can start to do that year-over-year analysis that you may not have been able to do before, but you're still now dealing with those models that are small enough to work with. Maybe they're small enough to come under the end of the so you can work everything in pro. Remember, that feature doesn't require premium. So this is a nice approach. And that may make some people, I would think, it may make them sit down and go, maybe we should re-architect the way we do these our data sets. Maybe we don't need everything in the one data set anymore. We can start to break it apart. So if you've got data, if you, basically, if you're buying premium and the only reason is because your data sets are so large, you might want to start thinking about breaking them up and then using the uh, direct query for Power BI data sets and Azure Analysis Services mm-hmm. <laughs> to work with that data. And you might save yourself some money. I'm, obviously, there's a lot of other benefits to premium, so I don't want to dissuade people from using it. But if that was the only, only reason, I think that's a, a valid approach these days. I would agree with that. Generally, I'm finding other reasons that are pushing me into premium just because there are too many cool features that they're putting in there. Yeah. And paginated reports has become a part yes. of almost everything that I'm doing because everybody wants an output. You know, they want some form of an output that's not just the visual on the screen. And like, I, I can do that now. Yeah. So paginated reports, I want—I was going to, you know, just to complete the thought before, obviously, um, by the way, using uh, composite models and the aggregations feature is another way to get not pull data in, into these data sets, keep them small, but then still give you the ability to get down at a, at, a, at a granular level. But you mentioned paginated reports as a premium feature. And we've talked offline about this in the past, but I, you've come up with a pretty, I think, pretty innovative use for paginated reports. I mean, we know we're all familiar with paginated reports doing what they do, operational reports. Great for, you know, paginated, you know, having multiple page reports and being able to subscribe to them. But I thought you're inter- you've got you're using paginated reports to export data, which I think is pretty interesting. So one of my rules is I don't like to use paginated reports just to export data for somebody to be able to go and do the same old thing that they were doing with their Excel workbook before right. we started doing all of this, right? 
Instead, the mechanism that I'm trying to use paginated reports for is I want to be able to save off. I'm doing all of this massive transform, mm -hmm. and then I'm doing visualization and transform again in DAX. So you're connecting the paginated report to a data set that you've already got. Correct, correct. I want to be able to save the output of the data that has now gone through transformation, mm -hmm. leveraging Power BI and using data flows and using all of this other great stuff. And it spits out something different than what the numbers looked like in the original data source, right? Because we're doing calculations, computations, and all of this. I want to be, I need a way to take an archive or save that information or move it to a downstream system, yeah. right? The way and the light for that is paginated reports. You have to build a report that spits out the measures and the calculation you know answers for like, you like in an excel format or a csv format or something like that right exactly yeah. i try to stay away from excel personally because i don't want people just opening up the excel sheet right but instead i take that and then ingress it back into an archive database or move it downstream to a system that's going to pull it in and use it for other purposes and move it that way, right? I don't want an end user just having an Excel workbook necessarily. That's not how I really want them working with the tool. I want to be able to have that archive that then can be reported on again and be able to do trend over time analysis of the actual answers that came out of Power BI. You're setting up a subscription, right? to the report, and then it gets put in a specific location on a periodic basis, is that it? That's the goal, yes. But also having, you know, and I can't wait for this to actually be a thing, in Power BI, having the power, having the power automate button on the canvas for somebody to be able to say, yeah. this is how I want it. I want to archive this scenario right here. Because we're doing some things where we're doing scenario modeling right. and comparison and be able to say, this is the one right here. I like this archive this, send it back, and have a power automate button that then triggers a flow action that, does the that export sends file. it out. Right, yep. that, that flow, that's pretty cool. That takes that, ex, does the paginated report, and then takes it from the location for the paginated report, pulls the, the thing in to the right location in the database, and either then goes back and cleans up that paginated report, or leaves it there for archival purposes if we need it for, for whatever purpose or not. Cool. I think we need to do a demo on that. I think we should. I, you know, I think there'd be a cool conference coming up. Some Power BI Summit, is that what it's called? Yeah, that's right. Res, Reza Rad's organizing it, yeah. I wish that we could go down and visit Reza yes. in New Zealand per, in person, but in April, I don't think that, number one, they're not going to let us in the country. <laughs> Num number two, it's just not quite ready for prime time for travel yet. No. I'll be vaccinated <laughs> by then, but uh, yeah, I still don't think that Travel International is going to be quite, yeah. quite uh, supported. Yeah. So. Anyway, that's in April. I'll link to that in the show notes. I think that conference is uh, is less than 100 bucks, right? For a lot of great online content. And Rez is doing a good job pulling in a lot of powerful Power BI speakers. It's pretty cool. Cool. Well, we're pretty much at the end of half an hour here, man. I do want to go through a pick. I, got, I, I grabbed a pick this week. It kind of came to me. I'm just going to off for, for a few moments. Have at it, man. Let's see. I, I'm curious. Well, it was somebody. It, it came in uh, on the uh, on the MVP's mailing list, but obviously this is it's one of the MVPs. Has uh, uh, Wolfgang has uh, calling attention to an idea that's been there since 2015, and it has over 4,000 votes, and it is under review. It has been under review for some time, as far as I can tell, and it's something we've talked about before. 
but I don't know where it's at. I haven't seen anything on any roadmaps, et cetera. And it's, it's a very, very simple ask. Add folders to organize reports on powerbi.com. Obviously, we've got workspaces. We've got reports in workspaces. We've got different ways of viewing them. But we have no way of organizing reports within a workspace. Or we have no way of organizing multiple workspaces at a high level. Let's say you've got thousands of workspaces. You may want to have some kind of hierarchical organization to that. And folders would do the trick. It's fairly simple. It's something that's been outstanding since the product was first released. 4,000 people can't be wrong, right? I'd, I'd like to double down on that. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure 4,000 right, people can be wrong. <laughs> yes. In this situation, I don't think they are. <laughs> They're not. You're right. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> and I'm not going political. I'm just stating a no, you know, no, per- no, personal, no. I personal view. I think of millions in some cases. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but. So, but this one actually did have a comment on December 11th of 2020 from administrator. I don't know. Usually Power BI tells you who it is that, you know, yeah. they, they log in as themselves. This one specifically says that we have this in our long-term backlog, but we don't have an ETA. Keep voting. This needs to be voted up. This is, man, this would be so nice. Wouldn't it be good? Just some way of adding some hierarchy or some organizational capability to the artifacts within Power BI. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's my pick for the month. But uh, that's it for me. 4,045 votes after I voted for it. So awesome. Awesome stuff. Good stuff. All right, man. This has been a, you know, without any news, this has been a lot of fun. We should uh, maybe start doing this more frequently, talking about the things that are befuddling us or that we, you know, maybe would be helpful to people. If you like this style of podcast from us, please let us know on Twitter or send us an email or something. It was really, by the way, heartwarming. I got a couple of messages after the last show dropped with my comments about having the conversation with my uncle about uh, politics and making sure that my kids are hearing both angles, both directions of the world. So thank you for that. It was very, uh, very nice to receive those uh, little encouragements. But uh, we'd love to hear from you if you like this style show or, you know, if you want us to keep going with the uh, with type of stuff we've been doing. We've only been doing this for, what, three years now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but uh, this has uh, been episode 177. Man, we're coming up on 200 like a freight train. Oh, yeah, no kidding. No kidding. That's unbelievable. We didn't think we were going to make it to 20. I know. <laughs> It's absolutely right, but uh, I mean, as long as uh, as long as there's stuff to discuss in the in the industry, I think we'll probably keep discussing it. Absolutely, brother. All right, man. I will talk with you soon. All right, take it easy, my man. Right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons. 